This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Next Stop Mississippi. I'm Michelle McAdoo in for Mary Margaret Miller here today with Kamel King. And as we do every Friday, we'll be traveling across the state letting you know about people, places, and events that make Mississippi a great place to live. Now today, we'll start this road trip in Natchez for Barks on the Bluff. Next, we'll head to Jackson for the Soggy Sweat Craft Beer and Barbecue Festival. Then we'll head to the Mississippi Gulf Coast for Chefs of the Coast and end the show with country music artists and Jackson native Jason Eady. So don't go far because we're going for another ride here on Next Stop Mississippi. You're listening to Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. Stop Mississippi on MVV Think Radio. I'm Michelle McAdoo in for Mary Margaret Miller here today with Kamel King. And as we do every Friday, we'll be traveling across the state letting you know about people, places, and events that make Mississippi a great place to live. So how has your week been, Kamel? It has been a whirlwind, no pun intended. <laughs> I mean, it is really. Oh, been crazy. the hurricane! Look at it. No oh my world. God! Yes, yes. Yeah, and hurricane uh, um, um, has been just well hit landfall. Yeah. Yesterday. And God, today. I feel sorry for those people. A little rain. You know, this morning I heard some stories of people uh, needing to be rescued, and they did a mandatory evacuation. But some people, I guess, they really just couldn't leave. But there's some kids and families that need to be rescued. You know, I hope everything works out for Most um, certainly praying, you know, for that whole mm-hmm. East Coast. Yes, yes. Well, Mary Margaret is out today, and I, as you see, and she's in Oxford. Yes, indeed. She is out there doing her thing. Uh, I am so proud of her. She has the uh, Joe and Micah live at the Ford Center with John Meacham. And uh, you can go to MississippiToday.org slash events to get tickets. But I know she is working so hard out there. Uh, it, it will be hosted at the Ford Center uh, for the performing arts. So go Mary Margaret. Go Mississippi Today. Have a great event. Out there doing her thing, huh? Yeah. And actually, she said, uh, just announced this week author and thought leader Walter Isaacson. That's a hard one to say. Isaacson. Mm-hmm. He'll be making a special appearance on the program, so that's very exciting. Yes, well, anything that Mississippi Today puts together is usually with a lot of class and a lot of objectivity and with some really, really good participants. Yeah, and if you're in the Oxford area, uh, that's a great, um, you don't want to miss that um, event. You do not. That is great. That is great. Well, uh, we've had a great week here. It's been very fast, though. This week has gone by so fast. And speaking of fast, don't miss tomorrow. We just got to put this little tidbit in. Tomorrow, starting at 10 a.m. at the historic Jefferson College is Reveille. Okay. And we talked about this last year on the show. We actually had them on the show. But you can revisit the 1940s with a pie contest and big band and period games, activities for the kids, and behind-the-scene tours. So that's going on tomorrow, Saturday, September 15th, from 10 to 4 at the historic Jefferson College. Beautiful, That's going to be really neat to go back in time with the costumes and the food and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Speaking of going back in time, you know, last week we had uh, the Treasury, State Treasury yes. uh, here and talked about 529 Day at the Mississippi mm-hmm. Children's Museum. And I learned about so many things to do just from being a part of this show. So I hope our listeners do too. Exactly. Uh, But I went to it with my daughter and we had a great time. Discount at the Children's Museum. So it was (laughs) $5.29 versus it's $10. So it was a steal. (laughs) And uh, Kennedy had a great time and I got some great information from the state treasury and I am going to sign up uh, for the impact where you can pay in monthly and it will pay for a four-year tuition uh, for your child when they become of uh, 
school age, of, of college age, and I'm telling you, it is a great thing for parents trying to make a track for their children. Well, you know, I may be starting late in the game. Jordan's a little older than your child. Oh, but it's not too late. It's not too late, and I was thinking about calling them, and I may look into that, and there's no may. I'm going to look into it yes, because, indeed. like you said, college will be here before you know it, and then, bam, where's yeah. the money going to come from? Yeah. Scholarships, you know, you never know what the economy is going to be like in four years for me, for right. Jordan, and so that's a good thing to do, and that's what we'll do. Well, speaking of a good thing, we are going to start this road trip off in Natchez, Mississippi with Barks on the Bluff. And we're going to welcome Lena McKnight. She's the shelter manager and the chair of the event to the show. Good morning, Lena. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us. So tell us about uh, Barks on the Bluff. Well, Barks on the Bluff is a new event this year. It's uh, actually kind of taken the place of Barks on the Park that we've had in the past. We are moving it uh, to the bluff right on the Mississippi River here in Natchez and uh, trying to incorporate more of a uh, tourist-friendly venue. Uh, We will be partnering with Smoots, which is a um, pet-friendly bar uh, down along the bluff. We'll be blocking the street off and incorporating some good grass area uh, we want everybody to bring their pets, and um, it's going to be a really fun-filled day to help support the Natchez-Adams County Humane Society. Well, I'll tell you, Lena, this uh, this subject matter is very near and dear to my heart. Anybody that knows me knows that I am a animal fanatic. Oh. I mean, I truly am. I actually, on the low, am called like the animal whisperer oh, around my I've way. I've heard that mentioned before, <laughs> and that's real. Because huh? all kind of animals just kind of crowd around me, and, you know, a glow comes about. Anyway, but... Uh, you know, it's it's a really passionate thing, and I know you have to be passionate about it. So tell us how you got involved with the Natchez-Adams uh, County Humane Society and just, you know, what motivates you? Well, you know, as, as I guess anybody that gets involved in this line of work, it, it started as a young age. I've always loved animals, and, and I, I got a degree in animal science. I've always ridden and, and shown horses and and, you know, had dogs, et cetera. Um, you know, now currently I have uh, four rescue dogs, three rescue horses, a, a pig. I got a couple of squirrels I'm raising up and, and a raccoon, as well as somewhere in there I have two kids. And they seem tend to be the messiest of all of them. But, uh, you know, it's just something that I think um, you're, you're born with and, you know, you just love them. And, and, and maybe it's because my children, like you were speaking of, going to college um, – Mine are about to head out, so I think as they leave me, I just tend to get more animals. <laughs> oh, I understand that. I have four, uh, three more years, and I don't know. My friends say, what are you going to do when she goes to college? I don't know, but I, you know, I'm pretty busy, so we'll stay busy. But tell us about the mission of the Natchez-Adams County Humane Society. Well, you know, as most people know, and it's not uncommon in the southern states, we are a cesspool of overpopulation for uh dogs and cats. And I think it goes, I think I can speak for pretty much every shelter in the, the southern region that, that we are full. Mm-hmm. Pet overpopulation is a huge problem in this area. And, um, you know, a shelter alone cannot combat it. We do our best to bring in as many animals and adopt them out as we can, but it's still very overwhelming. We also have uh, the Natchez Transport Program. And what that is, is, is when, when they cannot be adopted out here uh, because we're a no-kill shelter. We will transport animals to northern states that do not have the pet overpopulation problem, and there they go on to other no-kill shelters and they get adopted out. So as of right now for this year, our transport program has transported about 1,001 animals to northern states, and I know at our shelter alone we have adopted 277 dogs and cats, and yet we're still too full. So the... The main object is to spay and neuter, spay and neuter, spay and neuter, and if you can, spay and neuter. <laughs> you mentioned that the northern uh, shelters don't have the overcrowdedness, you know, the, the, um, that problem. Why do you think that is? I believe that um, there, there, are, there are some better ordinances in those areas. Uh, there are actually cities that require your pet to be spayed or neutered within the city limits. Oh. And we don't have that around here, and, and uh, we don't have it in our county or in our city. And I think we, we need to maybe create some better ordinances. We've done better at creating some low-cost options for spay and neuter programs, but somewhere the education is falling short 
on why you should spay or neuter your pet. I don't know exactly if it's that people don't care or or what it, where the, the exact breakdown is, but there's definitely a breakdown in, in getting a pet spayed or neutered. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's obvious that the, you know, the laws are different there, you know, what they require and, and, uh, and tell us about what it takes to run an organization like this. I mean, because you guys, nonprofit. Uh, you know, a nonprofit, you take care of, uh, uh providing care of over 4,000 homeless animals a year. I mean, that is such a, passion but such a i mean evolving large you know responsibility right we we are a nonprofit organization so everything that we do here runs off of of donations uh you know even even our shelter we we came from the from the ground up i guess you would say our our shelter when we started out was as many wire kennels as we could get with dirt floors, and now we have a, a much nicer facility here. We've just kind of grown and, and been able to manage through it, but it, it couldn't have happened without donations. And, and it costs us about anywhere from twenty to $25,000 a month just to run the operation mm. here. That's we do get some help uh, from the city and county, but um, donations and fundraisers, much like Barks on the Bluff, are really what fund us. And that's what I was going to say. Fundraising is a big part of how you guys stay operational. And let's talk more about um, the Barks on the Bluff. So what other activities are you guys going to have? I see pet contest and uh, uh, games for adults. What is the poker run? (laughs) (laughs) The poker run, and I'm going to be as as good as I can about this because someone else is actually handling that part. Okay. The poker run involves motorcycles or any motorized vehicle, and they they do. They'll start at 1 o'clock. And they'll move uh, through different uh, clubs or bars in the area to get their poker hand. And whoever has the best hand at the end is the winner. And it's just kind of a way to gather it for some of the local motorcyclists to gather and ride and, and, you know, have a good time and end at the same point, which is parks on the bluff, of course. We'll also have a dart tournament and a cornhole tournament for the adults. And uh, we'll also have, like you said, the pet contest, most beautiful, most handsome, best dressed, cutest puppy, NACHS oh, uh, and whatnot. So um, it, it'll be it'll be good times. And we did that at the Barks in the Park before. And that's always been a really fun event for everybody to bring their fur friend and, and have a go at, at showing them off. So And they love that. Be, uh, people mm-hmm. nowadays, oh, my goodness, their pets are becoming <laughs> They're part of the family. They're oh, most actually, certainly. And if some people don't have children, their their pets are the children. I've seen birthday yeah. parties for um, puppies and things like that with the tiaras, and they get the fingernails done, and it's it goes. That's more for the owner than for the pet. <laughs> it goes out there. So tell me, um, I've I've I know of Katie Laird, but she will be having T-shirts for sale out there as well. She's a great yeah, artist. Kately, we, uh, Kately offered uh, the, the artwork for this year's Sparks on the Bluff. We think she did a fantastic job helping incorporate smoots into our artwork and also dogs and cats. And, and we, we get a lot of support from smoots, and, and, and because they're a pet-friendly bar, we knew this was going to be a wonderful relationship. And so we wanted to incorporate artwork with smoots and with pets, but something that could be sold all year long, not just for this event. And uh, because it's such a pet-friendly organization, they're going to also sell our shirts for the rest of the year there as well. So it's it's a fun depiction of Natchez in a pet-friendly environment. All right. Wow. So if people want to get involved with the NACH, how can they do that uh, with volunteering or donating? And uh, where can people find more information on how they can help? Well, there are several ways that you can find us. We do have a website, www.nachs.org, and we also have a Facebook page. It's Natchez Adams County Humane Society right on Facebook. We're very interactive on Facebook as well as Instagram, and uh, there's also emails that you can reach us through our website. You can always call the shelter at 601-442-4001. We'll be happy to answer any questions on volunteer work donations, how you can get involved. We love to have people involved, Uh, not just for the sake of of our shelter, but we know that as years go on, someone else is going to have to pick this up and go with it. So we want as many Mm -hmm. people, especially the young people, involved as we can get. 
Thank you so much, Lena, for uh, coming. Stay strong in the call. The animals need it. Our friends. And it's going to be a great event. Again, Barks on the Bluff is happening this Sunday. It's Sunday from 2 to 5 at Smoots in Natchez. Thank you so much again. And we're going to take our first break. But first, do you know when the NACH was established? Do you know what year it was established? Hmm, good question. We'll tell you when we return. Plus, we'll welcome Matthew McLaughlin of the Mississippi Brewers Guild to talk about the soggy craft beer and barbecue fest. Stay tuned. This is Next Stop Mississippi. Oh, this is my dad's favorite song. (laughs) Shout out, Dad. I know you dancing. On MPB Think Radio. hairstyle you had in high school really cool back in the day but that old car is still cool when you donate it to mpb think radio go to mpbonline.org for details then sit back and enjoy the ride now that's cool you're listening to next stop mississippi on mpb think radio Michelle McAdoo sitting in for Mary Margaret Miller along with Kamel King. Did you like that song, Jamel? I Kamel, love it. I, uh, Jamel, love it. I just renamed you, right? <laughs> Look, I'll take about 98 of them 99, 99 bottles. 99, I hadn't heard that in a long time. Now, before we get into why we played that song, uh, before the break, we asked, what year was the NACH established? It was in 2009. Wow. Yeah, they've been doing a great job like we talked about, but they need your help. So go to that website that she uh, gave you and the number she gave to see how you can help. Yes, indeed. And then keep your uh, dogs and cats spayed Spayed and and neutered. And speaking of another great cause, uh, this past Monday was the first Writer's Trail, which is the brand-new historic trail for the state of Mississippi, uh, Writer's Trail recognizing our wonderful historical and and new and contemporary writers of uh, Mississippi. We unveiled the first Writer's Trail marker for Eudora Welty at the Eudora Welty House, a collaborative effort of MDAH, MAC, Visit Mississippi, and a a wonderful, wonderful grant from uh, NEH, and we had John Petey from uh, the chairman of NEH, as well as the mayor and the governor and the mayor's wife, uh, who's a wealthy scholar, all to speak, and one of wealthy's uh, descendants. So it was one of the best events ever. I saw a little bit of it on the news, and uh, like I said, that's a historical moment for Mississippi, and and. We have great writers from here. We have great talent from Mississippi, period. So for us to have those markers, we have the Blues Trail, we have the Hot Tamale Trail, the Seafood Trail. Now we have the Riders Trail, so it's a wonderful thing. Good job, Maggie. Good job, Malcolm. Good job, Stuart. All right. And And Katie Blunt. And good job, Visit Mississippi. There you go. You, Kamel. All right. Speaking of another good thing, we have Matthew McLaughlin on the line. Good morning, Matthew. Good morning. How are y'all doing? Doing fine. Did you like that song we came into? <laughs> I did. I also liked the uh, I liked the George Clinton one that y'all exited uh. the last segment to. Ah, uh, look at you. What, what you, you know, know about that? that? Oh, I'm a, I'm a fan of the Funkadelic. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, Matthew, um, tell us about your organization and and what you guys are going to be doing this Saturday with the Soggy Sweat Craft Beer and Barbecue Fest. Sure. Um, This uh, event is being primarily put on by the Mississippi Brewers Guild, um, help of some wonderful sponsors. Uh, The Mississippi Brewers Guild is a... Oh, hello. um, Okay, you're still there. Okay. ...is organized to promote and protect the, um, the brewing industry in Mississippi. 
Now tell us, I mean, the, the brewing industry in Mississippi is just, I mean, booming and people are, you know, within their homes and, you know, they are really just becoming their own craftsmen and craftswomen of, of beer. Uh, tell us how the Guild kind of brings all of these independent people together for the camaraderie as well as kind of keeping, uh, you know, everybody safe and aware of, of the laws and, and, and protecting them. Sure. Um, you know, making alcohol in the United States is a highly regulated business. And so the Guild sort of serves as an organizing, um, an organization that provides resources to its members. It provides a platform for people to share best practices. Uh, and it really has just become sort of a, a formal organization um, embracing the craft beer community in this. Uh, we, we represent the manufacturing tier of the beer industry, so we, we represent exclusively commercial manufacturers and suppliers of, of craft beer in Mississippi. Mm. And you were founded in 2013. Are you one of the original founders? Um, yeah, we were founded in 2013. I wouldn't call myself one of the original founders, but I have been involved in the organization since the very beginning. Okay. So let's talk about the Saki Sweat Craft Beer and Barbecue Fest. So this is one of a kind, and this is you guys' first year, right? It is. This is the first year we have, we being the Mississippi Brewers Guild, have put on a, a festival like this. It is also the first craft beer festival in Mississippi that will exclusively offer beer that is made in our state. Um, our breweries are putting out some absolutely incredible products right now that stand up against and to some of the best craft beer in the United States. And we want to celebrate that. And we want to celebrate that in a very open way. We want to celebrate that in the capital city, uh, which is which is important to us. And so it will be part this weekend. Uh, we have teams lined up. Um, we have breweries coming that will be offering limited release beers uh, at, at various stations, and then we have beer for sale and live music and all sorts of other stuff. We want it to just be a big outdoor celebrating celebrating beer in Mississippi. So tell us about this new uh, Guild Collaborative craft beer called, was it Lucille? It is Lucille. Um, one of the things that, uh, or one thing that we thought would be a great idea to sort of bring all of our members together and give them an opportunity to express their creative side in a very collaborative way was to do a collaborative beer. And so, um, I don't know, maybe two months ago, come up with a beer style. Um, this is a Czech-style Pilsner, uh, which means it's a very easy drinking beer. We wanted it to be very approachable to all beer. Uh, just got packaged yesterday. Lucky Town was the host um, collaborative beer. Um, we named it Lucille because we wanted there to be a specific reference to um, another part of our culture that is so important in Mississippi, that being music. And anybody that knows anything about the blues knows that B.B. Um, King's guitar is named Lucille. So uh, just another way to sort of pay respects to all of the wonderful things that we have available uh, us in Mississippi, and, and we think the beer is phenomenal. We think it's good well, and and it'll be available at the festival this weekend. But it'll also be available at retail establishments around the state here in the coming weeks. Matthew, with so many you know craft beers just breaking on the scene, and it and just the whole scene exploding across the nation, how does a craft beer you know get to a point where they can even try to penetrate the market and get any kind of market share and uh, and people to recognize them? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, the, the number of, of businesses on the manufacturing and supplier side has grown exponentially over the last ten years, and so you know the the retail placements at bars and restaurants um, has gotten to be very, very competitive. Um, you know, the growth of the industry from kind of a macro perspective has been led by, you know, the Pacific Northwest and out west and, you know, the northeastern part of the United States. And those markets, I think, are going to start to kind of pull back a little bit. Um, but because the industry is still relatively new in Mississippi and in the southeastern part of the United States, um, I still think there's a tremendous amount of, of room for growth down here. It's just a very exciting time 
to be a brewer or part of the brewing industry in Mississippi and in the southeastern United States. Well, uh, Matthew, tell us about the name. I know Soggy Sweat wouldn't make me want to really drink a beer, but it has an interesting uh, story behind the name. It does, yeah. Um, people are, yeah, when you hear the, 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 the name Soggy Sweat, it, it does not <laughs> want to, you know, consume or drink anything. But um, when we were trying to think of a name, we thought that a reference to um, a, you know, a political figurehead in Mississippi would be uh, would be compelling, and for those people that know Mississippi, um, Soggy Sweat was um, a member of the House of Representatives back in the 1950s and delivered the famous um, whiskey speech, which we will actually read. Festival. Um, the whiskey speech was read at a reception at the King Edward Hotel in Jackson when the legislature was contemplating what to do with prohibition back in the 1950s. Okay. And so um, we've had a very positive response from people you know that, that, that know Mississippi politics have thought it was uh, thought it was a great idea and have, have asked if the speech is going to be read tomorrow and what our plans are going forward. I think going forward what we may try to do is um, open up the opportunity to, to read the whiskey speech to um, other craft beer consumers and other Mississippians and, and try to make it. Well, that is very interesting. Um, I'm Like I said, once you tell us what the name means, it, it sounds a little more appetizing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I know tomorrow you're going to have John Causey and Jason Daniels Band performing as well. And it is a fr- family-friendly event. Because you hear beer, it doesn't mean the family can't come out. The entire family can come out. It's actually happening again tomorrow, Saturday, September 15th, from 1 to 4 p.m. at Smith Park, downtown Jackson. Now, uh, Matthew, tell us where people can go for more information about uh, this event. Absolutely. Um, we have a Facebook page specifically set up for the festival. Um, you can go there. Just look for look for it on Facebook. You can also find the Mississippi Brewers Guild on Facebook. Tickets can be purchased at Eventbrite. We have an Eventbrite portal set up to buy tickets. All right. Well, Matthew, thank you for calling in today, and thank you for telling us about the Soggy Sweat Craft Beer and Barbecue Fest. I like the barbecue part, so I may go down. And I like the beer. (laughs) So it works out. Well, we're going to take another quick break, but when we return, we'll head down to the Mississippi Gulf Coast for some fine dining with the chefs of the coast. So don't go far. We'll be right back for more Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. Paving long roads. I ain't cut out to climb highline poles, but I'm pretty good at drinking beer. I'm not the type to work in a bank. I'm no good slapping on bank. Don't have a knack for making motors crank, no. But I'm pretty good at drinking beer. If you miss anything on MPB Think Radio, you can always stay up to date by logging on to our website at mpbonline.org or use your mobile device and download our MPB public media app. This is MPB Think Radio, where Mississippi is our mission. Get your MPB car tag anytime. It doesn't even have to be up for renewal. Simply go to your county office to sign up. When you get an MPB car tag, a portion of the fee helps MPB continue to educate, inform, and entertain Mississippians. For details, visit mpbonline.org slash car tag. We'll see you on the road. You're listening to Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. 
is Next Stop Mississippi on MVB Think Radio. I'm Michelle McAdoo in for Mary Margaret Miller along with my friend Kamel King. And today we've been traveling the state letting you know about great events happening this weekend. Now before the break, we spoke with Executive Director Matthew McLaughlin about the Soggy Sweat Craft Beer and Barbecue Fest. It's happening this Saturday at Smith Park in downtown Jackson. I can't get over the Soggy Sweat, I tell you. Soggy Sweat. Soggy Sweat. You know, the barbecue part, like I said, the barbecue part got me. I will be down there for the barbecue. But I didn't know it was uh it had a historical, Meaning. you know, connotation mm-hmm. yeah. to it also. Yeah. And and speaking of historical, love that intro song coming in, Billy Ocean. Man, that was the man. Where is Billy Ocean? Where is somebody call in and tell Billy. us where is Billy Ocean? I mean, he only ran the eighties. He only ran the late eighties, y'all. You know what? Uh, all of these producers, we we're working. On, we're gonna find Billy Ocean. We're gonna find <laughs> resurrect, him for you. Hashtag resurrect <laughs> Billy Ocean. That is hilarious. Well, now we're gonna move to the Gulf Coast. I love the coast. We are friends with everyone down there. They have great events, and they're having a great event with some fine dining this Sunday. So we're gonna welcome Susan Perkins. She's executive director of the Mississippi Coast Restaurant and Beverage Association for their thirty sixth annual. Chefs of the Coast event. Good morning. Hi. Good morning, Hi, Susan. Good Hi. Me on the show. <laughs> Thanks for being here this morning. So, tell us about the what is it called? Goes to Hollywood. Uh, annual Chefs of the Coast goes to Hollywood. Fancy this year, huh? Well, Chefs of the Coast is um, the big fundraiser event for um, the Mississippi Coast Restaurant and Beverage Association. This is the 36th year. And basically, it's a, um, a showcase of some of our finest restaurants here on the Gulf Coast, and it's an opportunity for people to come to the event and sample the food. They used to sample food from more than 20 restaurants all in one night. Ooh, I mean, the Mississippi Gulf Coast speaks for itself. I mean, <laughs> it's the seafood capital of the country, probably of the world. I mean, so how do you guys, you know, bring all of the area chefs and restaurants together? I mean, because you guys have been doing it 36 years. Right. And, well, I mean, a lot of people think of seafood when they think of the Gulf Coast, but we have such a diverse array of cuisine down here on the Gulf Coast. Um for example, um, the participants in Chefs of the Coast, of course, we have, you know, Mississippi Seafood will be served, but we have a Mediterranean restaurant that's going to be there, and um, we have um, barbecue. I mean, we have a, a lot of different types of food that's going to be served. But um, mostly the, the participants in the event are members of our association. But it's just a way that um, it's not just a, a fundraising event. It's an opportunity for them to come and, and to shine. They, I mean, the restaurants, they bring their best when they come to this event. All right. Now, this year, you're going to have a high school cooking competition. That's so interesting. Uh, this is the second yes. year you've, you guys put this in the uh, event, correct? Yes, that's correct. The second year that we've done this, and um, we invite the high school culinary programs to participate. And it's an opportunity for them to they get to work alongside a professional chef. And the students are going to be doing the cooking, and the chef is just there to to kind of guide them and to mentor them. And they compete against each other. They're given a um, sort of a, a mystery basket of ingredients, and they have a lot of time to put this dish together, and then there are judges that taste their dishes and they um, award the winner. Um, the winner of this, you know, wins a cash award to be used for their school's culinary program, but we give a grant to every school that participates in the event. That's a but great it's, it's program. It's exciting mm-hmm. for the students. You know, they get some some real experience, and and also in a competition setting, and so it's just it's good for everyone that's involved. And how are they uh, chosen? Uh, how many students do you have in the um, competition? Uh, we last year we had four teams of students. Um, we invite all the schools on the Mississippi Gulf Coast and the three coast counties, and um, and so last year we had four. This year um, the deadline has. It's coming up in a couple of days, so we're not sure how many we're going to have at this point. But um, last year, uh, St. Martin High School won the competition. Wow. Mm. It's like a chop. You said they have a mystery basket. They don't even know what's in it. Do you see the kid one that they have on um, uh, Food Network? Yeah, mm-hmm. on Food Network mm-hmm. and stuff. I mean, those little right. kids yeah. are so competitive. <laughs> they are. And yeah, it, and, um, I mean, they'll have a protein, and then they'll have produce and things like that. So they know they'll have a protein that they're going to be working with. 
So how many uh, you say how many restaurants or chefs will you feature this year? And why did you choose uh, the chefs go to Hollywood theme this year? Well, uh, this year we have 20 restaurants signed up, and we also have um, four um, state wine brokers. They'll be bringing a variety of wines in for people to come in and sample as well. And we also have our local beverage vendors involved that um, have different types of beer and soft drinks available as well. Um, just because the goes to Hollywood, it's just it's a it's a fun theme. We're encouraging you know people to come in. You can dress up as your favorite Hollywood star, or um, you can come coast casual. But it's just um, it's just a fun theme, and um, we welcome people to come. We say you come dine like a star, and um, but yeah, every year we choose a, a different theme. That's going to be neat, people dressing up as their favorite Hollywood character or their movie character. So it's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see the pictures. Now, you're going to have right, a VIP. Wait. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I thought we even have a red carpet. Right. <laughs> I was going to say you have a VIP hour from <laughs> 5 to 6. So what's going to take place during this VIP hour? Well, during the VIP hour, that's when the high school cooking competition is going to take place. They will, they will be there from 5 to 6. And also, we have um, Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College uh, has brought their chili cook-off to our event. Mm. So we're helping host that. And the chili cook-off is um, a golden ticket qualifying event, which means that whoever wins this competition can go on and compete in the chili category in the World Food Championship. Wow, that's big. And this mm-hmm. cook-off, the proceeds from this help support um, the college's scholarship program. That is big. That is great. So is this your first year uh, um, uh, teaming up with the uh, Chili Cook-Off? Yes, this is the, um, the first year that, that we have um, hosted them okay. at our event. So you're going to have um, actual live music as well with um, Anderson Dominguez. Yes, um, Anderson Dominguez will be there. He's um, well-known here on the coast. He performed um, quite a bit at the casinos, and um, he does a little bit of everything. So let me just ask the question that I'm sure everyone listening wants to know. So if I purchase a ticket and come, may I go around and around and around and around and around and around? Or can I only go one time? I mean, what's the deal? Well, if you if you come in at 5 o'clock, if you buy a VIP ticket, you have four hours to oh, dine. Four <laughs> hours? I could do some damage in four hours. Yeah, you can make oh. around, sit down, eat, take a rest, go back around. Java, it would get real crazy in there. You know what? I'm really interested in that chili cook- cook-off. I was online looking, and I mean, when you're talking about a chili competition and the actual winner is going to represent Mississippi at the World Food Championship, there are serious chili uh, uh, recipes going to be at this competition. Yes, I mean, yes, there will be. I know um, last year they had, I think, 18 teams uh, that competed. Mm, so it's wow. going to be very competitive. All right. So how important is your organization to the Mississippi Gulf Coast? Let's talk about that just a little bit and what your goals are and your mission for the um, or your organization. Well, um, we've been here on the Mississippi Gulf Coast for more than 36 years. Um, we are basically a trade association, and we support the um, restaurants and the hospitality industry here along the Gulf Coast. We are located on the Gulf Coast. Our offices are here in Gulfport, Mississippi, and um, we provide um, educational opportunities for our members. We do um, low-cost surf-safe training, which is required that they have that. Um, we also do free workshops. And um, and any kind of the, you know technical support, they can call us if they need help or if they have questions about an upcoming health department inspection or, or anything like that. We're just here to support them and to help them be successful because I mean the restaurant business is not easy. No. And no. and so we just want to to provide them with whatever they need to to succeed. And also um, the high school cooking competition that's something that we added to show to the coast because. The education component is so important to the coast. Um, not only the high school students, but the college students. I and mean, those students in those programs, those are our future chefs and our future restaurant owners. And, you know, that's an, it's important to the workforce here. It is. Mm-hmm. So tell everyone where they can find more information about the organization and, of course, about the 36th Annual Chefs of the Coast Goes to Hollywood. Well, for more information on the event, they can visit our website, chefsofthecoast.org, 
or they can purchase tickets um, at Ticketmaster.com. Or if they're local, they can go by the um, Mississippi Coast Policy and Box Office and purchase them there. Uh, we also have a promotion going on right now on our Facebook page. If you go to our Facebook page and there's a, um, a post on there, if you like it, comment, and share on it, you will have an opportunity to win two free VIP tickets. All right. Oh, nice. And you can find us at Post Restaurant Association is what you would have to look up on Facebook. Y'all need to have some treadmills going in <laughs> and going out. Maybe that'll be our next event. That's neat. <laughs> and don't forget to dress up like your favorite uh, Hollywood That's really fun. actor or that character so from a movie. That's going to be great. Right. Well, and that is on September 23rd, not this Sunday, but yes, Sunday. Sunday, September 23rd from 6 to 9. So you have an entire week to go online, uh, get your tickets, and look at the information. Diet. Diet And get your costume ready. Save up all my calories for that day. (laughs) Well, thank you, Susan Perkins, uh, Executive Director of the Mississippi Coast Restaurant and Beverage Association, for joining us today and letting us know about your great event, again, Sunday, September 23rd, from 6 to 9 at the Mississippi Gulf Coast Coliseum. Now, we'll be right back after this quick break. And when we come back, we'll welcome country music artist and Jackson native Jason Eady to the show. So don't go far. You don't want to miss what's coming up next on MPB Think Radio. Hi, everyone. I'm Russ Robinson, inviting you to join us right here on MPB for Friday Night Under the Lights. We'll get you all the scores and keep you up to date on all the players at 10 p.m. every Friday night this fall. Mississippi Public Broadcasting and Friday Night Under the Lights. Hi, this is Bill Ellison, host of Grassroots on MPB. Few artists have had greater influence on American folk and acoustic music than guitarist Doc Watson. Doc was part of the 1960s folk revival. He was also a star of the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band's early 70s classic Will the Circle Be Unbroken album. And he's in the Bluegrass Music Hall of Fame. Doc is also a frequent guest in the Bluegrass Cabin, so come see us on Grassroots Saturday night at 8 on MPB Think Radio. You're listening to Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. He woke up one morning, took a train down to New Orleans. First thing he saw was a Mardi Gras. He got himself some rice and beans and he said, now that's all right. Think I'll stay here tonight. Ain't no reason why a man shouldn't have a learn to live this way. You're listening to MPB Think Radio inside Next Stop Mississippi. I'm Michelle McAdoo in for Mary Margaret Miller here today with Kamel King. And well, it's time for everyone's favorite part of the show, the musical guest. As you guessed, we are welcoming country singer, guitarist, and Jackson native. Jason Eady to the show. Welcome, Jason. Hi, hi. Thanks for having me on. Hi, thank you for um, spending a little time with us with us today. I know you've done a lot in um, Mississippi and Jackson this week, right? That's right. That's right. I, I grew up here. I went to Florence High School. I grew up grew up in Florence and uh, graduated in 1993. And uh, and I live in Texas now, but we get back over here as much as we can. You're a Mississippian by heart. And we're That's going to right. always claim Jason Eady That's as right. a Jackson native, well, Mississippi native. So how mm-hmm. long have you been in the music industry, Jason? I've been doing this, for, you know, I've kind of done it my whole life. I did it a lot when I was living here. You know, when I was younger, I would play around. And, uh, I was I was, I was was young, man, and, and uh, I moved to Texas, and I've uh, been doing it full-time for about, uh, about 18 years now. Man. 
and you have eight albums under your belt. I mean, that's a, a true body of work. Tell us how, you know, you got into the industry and how your music has grown from album one to now album eight. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, I got in, I just I write songs. That's, I, I really think of myself as a songwriter first. And uh, and so got uh, moved over to Texas and started playing. And uh, But, you know, there's just so much... Uh, there's so much here in, in Mississippi musically, and uh, and I really feel like that was a huge part of my of my life was just being able to put all those different pieces together, you know. And, and I've experimented with a lot of different kinds of music over the years. Some of it, um, some of it just straight country music, and and um, some of it singer songwriter music. But I've learned over time that. I'm just, I'm really starting to put all of these pieces together that I grew up with over here, you know, so this, especially this new album, it's, uh, I don't even know, you know, people ask me what to call it, I don't really even know what to call it, if it's country music or what it, you know, what it is, it's, uh, you know, there's a lot of, uh, there's country influences, bluegrass influences, blues influences, R&B influence on it, um, and so, yeah, I just the, the longer I do this, the more my goal is to just see how much of those pieces I can I can put together on an album. And so, uh, with this record in particular, we've got this uh, the rhythm section, the bass player and the drummer are, are not come they don't come from a country music background at all. They come from one from from Philadelphia comes from kind of an R and B background and. Um, and the bass player has more of a jazz background, and then, and then the lead players are all bluegrass players. And so we're just, like I said, we're just trying to put all those pieces together and see what we can come up with, what we can, what we can make that sound like. And so that's, uh, and, and I again, I kind of attribute all that to, to growing up here and, and, and having all those influences when I was when I was a kid. Yeah, now, let me ask you specifically, of course, we came in with uh, into the segment with That's All Right. And and, you know, of course, there's a title track I travel on. But one song that I wanted to know the muse behind was I Lost My Mind in Carolina. <laughs> what is that about? And how did you lose your mind in Carolina? Is it from personal experiences or is it someone else's experience? <laughs> it's a personal experience. We, this whole album came from uh, a lot of traveling. We we traveled a lot last year, and uh, and so uh, we traveled across the country, and, and I was just picking up little things everywhere we went, and, and so that this whole album really comes from a lot of those experiences on the road last year, and that one, we had a night off. We don't get many nights off on the road, and we had a night off in Charleston, and it was just, it was an adventure. We, uh, you know, we got to, we got to kind of relax that night, and uh and we ended up, there was an emergency room visit. There was, uh, you know, just a lot of, uh, uh, we met up with some other friends that were on tour, and it just turned into one of those nights, you know. And, I uh, and you and wrote so, about it. <laughs> Jason, if it ended up with an emergency room visit, that was a wonderful night to remember. <laughs> it was a great night, that's right. <laughs> so, Jason, let's talk about this, your latest album, I Travel On. Uh, I heard a little birdie told me that you recorded it live in a single take session that's crazy that's right that's exactly right these uh the guys that we that we brought in so it's my touring band my live touring band on the record and then we brought in two other uh, bluegrass players rob hikes and, and trey hensley and uh they have their own duo they travel the country and play and they're they're fantastic and we're fans of theirs and so we brought them in and that was the goal the goal was to just we sat down in a room and we put microphones we didn't nothing nothing is electric everything's acoustic Wow. And mm, so we just mm. put microphones in front of acoustic instruments and you know, sometimes we might do a song two or three times but, but we but what you hear on the record is us playing the song from start to finish. There's no we didn't use any studio tricks or you know, punch anything in or, or, or you know, overdub anything. It, it's just what you hear is us starting the song and finishing the song in, in one take every every time. So. Was that organic. yeah? Was that scary for you a little bit? Were you a little yeah. nervous about that? Oh yeah, very very. It, it's just, we took a lot of chances on this album, and uh, yeah, that's always scary. But mm -hmm. that's how the good stuff happens. You know, you kind of right. got to take those chances. But uh, yeah, it was definitely it was definitely scary and. Uh, but you know the quality of players on it. It's once once we got through a couple songs, I knew we were going to be 
You were right. kind of cool. So tell us about this beautiful um, album cover you have, and what's the story behind that? Yeah, yeah that's, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. I have had that idea for years and years, and I originally I've talked to some graphic artists about doing it. Um, I, I had the idea that I was going to do that as a tattoo. I just, for some reason, I had a tattoo idea I wanted to do it. Um, and I've taken it to some people, and nobody's ever gotten it right. Really, oh. the, the idea is that everything in life, whether it's uh, events in your life or, or, or genetics or, or anything, it all comes from a lot of different things, and it takes a lot of things coming together to get to this one point that we're at right now. And then from this, whatever happens now expands back out and creates a whole bunch of other things in the future. And so that was the idea. And, I, you know, you can, you can kind of do that with an hourglass shape, and, but, I, you know, that's been done. And um, so anyway, I took this idea to, the, to a graphic artist on this record um, and then told him the title. So not only did he, did he get the idea that I want, but he also got, uh, he was able to, also make it look like you're traveling down a road and disappearing into the sunset. So we kind of got both of them in one, and, and I, I loved it so much. I loved the artwork so much that I decided I wanted it to be a piece that, that stood on its own that you could hang up in your wall as a, as a piece of art in, in addition to uh, being a record cover. So that's why we didn't put any text on it. There's no, It doesn't say my name on the front. We just... I kind of didn't want to ruin the art with words, so we just left it. We just yeah. left it as a as a piece. Yeah, that's nice. It's so abstract. So, Jason, um, real quick, before we have to get out of here, you performed at Dueling Hall this Wednesday. How was that show? How did the people respond to you? It was great. It was great. It was a uh, uh, it was a really nice combination of people that I that I knew, you know, that I haven't seen in a lot of years, mm-hmm. and, and then new people that uh, I've never never seen before and, and uh it's just like i said it's just great to come home and, and and what a great room i mean that's a great room and, and everybody in texas kind of knows about dueling halls you're coming through. it that's, does that's they do and i'm so glad you came back to uh mississippi to grace us with your new album and speaking of album we're going to go out with your um Calvera's Country. We're going to go out with that one, but before we do, tell uh, tell our listeners where they can find out more information about Jason E. Yeah, it's uh, you can. I'm on all the social medias. Jason E. Uh, it's, it's Facebook. So uh, it's under Jason E. on all of those: Facebook, Twitter, okay. Instagram. I have JasonE.com as a website. Music's on all of the music services. Get it Apple. The guys from Spotify. So it's, it's in all the, the places where music is these days. Well, thank you so much, Jason, for spending a little time with us today on Next Stop Mississippi. We wish you all of the best luck with your new album, I Travel On. And we want to thank you for joining us today and thank all of our guests Lena McKnight with Barks on the Bluff, Matthew McLaughlin with Soggy Sweat Craft Beer and Barbecue Fest, Susan Perkins for Chefs of the Coast, and country music artist Jason Eady. Next Stop Mississippi is is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. For Kamel King, I'm Michelle McAdoo. Stay tuned for Southern Remedy for Women and join us next week at 10 for an, an another amazing trip on Next Stop Mississippi, only on MPB Think Radio.